Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Folks, we're going on grid. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Good morning. Wake up! The Morning Line. Line up, ladies! All right, here we go. We're off and running on this October the 2nd. Can you guys believe it? October the 2nd. It is Wednesday, people, and we are excited because we are that much closer to the start. Week five of the NFL, week six of college football, and oh yeah, we've got another epic wildcard game getting ready to take place tonight, and I don't know if we could have asked for a better start to the October postseason of Major League Baseball than what we got last night between the Washington Nationals and the Milwaukee Brewers. So welcome in. Thanks for stopping by here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. It is... The morning line. We'll get you caught up with everything that you missed overnight in the world of sports. Plus, we'll take a look ahead at this game two wild card between the Oakland, the Oakland Athletics and the Tampa Bay Rays. And if it is anything like what we witnessed last night, guys, hold on to your hat. It is kind of must watch television. You are not going to want to miss. And if you did miss last night, well, here's what it sounded like at the end anyway. To center field. Robles back. Ball game. And the Washington Nationals are L.A. bound. Yeah, the Nationals who led uh, for exactly, I don't know, three minutes in this game. uh, Right up until the bottom of the eighth inning, which is when they took the lead prior to that. Yeah, it was not good for the Washington Nationals. In fact, uh, Max Scherzer... Uh, The Brewers and company 
much like we anticipated, uh, they got to Scherzer early. First inning, two runs. Second inning, another run. Uh, it wasn't until, uh, of course, the uh, the fourth inning there where Trey Turner hit a home run to put the Nats on the board. But it was 3-1 for a long time, guys. It was 3-1 right up until the bottom of the eighth inning when they brought in Josh Hader. Josh Hader, of course, one of the best closers. And that's not just an opinion. The, the numbers speak to it. His metrics, his analytics are ridiculous. Uh, yeah, he uh, he came in with a two-run lead into the bottom of the ninth inning. And after a walk, after a hits batsman, after a sawed-off cheap pinch hit single by Ryan Zimmerman that barely, barely made it into the outfield, yeah, this is what happened next. Line drive, base hit to right. Battle score one, battle score two as the ball gets away from Grisham and right. That's going to score three runs. And the Washington Nationals have the lead. They have Soto hung up. They tag him out, but nobody in this joint cares. Incredible. Absolutely brutal. If you were holding a Milwaukee Brewers ticket last night at plus 160, plus 165, even plus 170, And you watch that game through eight innings going, we're going to do this. We are going to cash this tickets. Yeah, um, that happened there last night. Absolutely brutal. As Juan Soto, who is a left-handed batter, guys, just to give you an idea of how even more ridiculous this is. Juan Soto, 20 years old, having an unbelievable season for the Washington Nationals. One of the best 20-year-old hitters that we have in the game. And... He's going up against Josh Hader, who is a lefty. And, guys, left-handed batters hit. You're ready? 143 against Josh Hader this year. 143. Now, to his credit, Juan Soto, he hit 285 against lefties, so, um, which is actually really, really good. So he got a pitch that he liked. He drilled it into right field. Now, there wasn't anything exceptional about the hit other than – It made it through, and unfortunately, at the very worst, it should have been a tie game at that point. Runners were going two outs on the pitch, and he got a fastball over the plate. He did yank it, and what should have happened was it would have been a two-run tying game-tying single. 3-3 is what the game should have been. Unfortunately, Trent Grisham, the rookie, 22-year-old rookie, who the only reason he's even in this game, the only reason he's on this roster right now is because Christian Yellick blew out his kneecap last month. He is Christian Yellick's replacement. It's who they called up in order to replace Christian Yellick. And what was a routine signal, guys, there was nothing crazy about this. He kind of caught himself in between hops, tried to make was trying to to grab the ball, and he was going to try and make a crow hop to home. Just terrible, terrible heads-up baseball and error by Trent Grisham because the ball gets by him, allows the bases to clear, and allows the go-ahead run to score, thus giving the Washington Nationals a 4-3 lead heading into the top of the ninth. It wasn't to be top of the ninth. Uh, It came, and you just heard it there, a fly ball to deep center field there is what ended it 
and ended the Brewers' season in just an unbelievable way. What a game. Scoring early, got out in front. Scherzer, for his part, congratulations, Max Scherzer. This, I believe, uh, ended his postseason winless streak, which was getting up there. Going into that game last night, Scherzer had lost his last six postseason starts dating to the time when he came up with the Tigers of all teams. Uh, it's the third longest streak in history of Major League Baseball. And now that that streak is over, uh, he didn't even get the win, to tell you the truth, but he didn't lose, so that's good, too. Uh, David Price, uh, we know this. Of course, he led that list. Randy Johnson had gone seven straight without winning. Uh, R- Max Scherzer finally went six, uh, six in a row. Uh, without uh, with six in a row without winning a game, but actually losing them. He had lost six. Randy Johnson lost seven. David Price lost 10. So not great for Scherzer in this game. And it was what the fear was yesterday most with Scherzer, because we've seen that over the last month and a half with him pitching. He comes out, and this is, guys, keep this in mind moving forward as they get ready to take on the Dodgers now. Congratulations. They they blew not one but two starting pitchers because Strasburg kept the Nats in the game when he came in to pitch there in relief. So now Strasburg and Scherzer get blown out in that game last night, which means Patrick Corbin will open up against Ryu or Kershaw or whoever they're going to go with. We'll have more on this game. We'll take a look at tonight's game, and we'll get you caught up with everything else that happened. It's the morning line on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. 
Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we got more Major League Baseball wildcard action tonight. It's just something really great and very unique to postseason baseball. This, the wildcard could very well be the greatest thing Major League Baseball has done in, uh, in 50 years because the urgency that it creates, especially in this day and age in 2019 where we are such ADD America, the idea that uh, one game, winner take all, and advance where anything and everything goes, it's exactly what Major League Baseball needed. It's exactly what we as sports fans need. And, oh, yeah, as a, uh, as a sports investor, it opens the door for plenty of opportunities to profit. And uh, just like those that backed the Washington Nationals, the live in-game wagering opportunities. And I hope you guys, I didn't get a chance to see it, but I hope you guys were paying attention uh, to the folks here at uh, in-game live last night on the network because I am fairly certain that they they would have been saying, hold off, wait, get the right number, and back to Washington Nationals after the seventh inning. And I'll tell you why, because that's what I was waiting for. And I'll tell you why it is important to understand a couple of things going into the playoffs here. There are, it's a different animal than a regular season. We know this. Wild card games are really coin flips. No matter who the favorite and who the underdog is, like you saw last night, the variance that baseball produces is ridiculous. So it's one thing trying to handicap a three or seven games, a five or seven game series. Okay, usually the better teams, the favorites will ultimately win out there. We see this in the NBA. 
we see it's very hard. The better team usually cream rises to the crop. Teams with the better starting pitching, the better bullpen, so on and so forth. But in any one game, winner take, uh, winner take all, put your money, put your chips in the middle of the table. Anything can happen. And anything pretty much did last night happen as the win probability last night for the Milwaukee Brewers heading into that eighth inning with a 3-1 lead, even with two outs, as Josh Hader came in and melted down their uh, their stud relief pitcher who had been lights out all year long, two years in a row, uh, he melts down. They still had a 90% chance, even higher, in some of the probability markets of actually winning that game last night. And the very slim hopes, like if it could go wrong, it would go wrong. Is that Darwinism? Uh, Or maybe that's a survival of the fittest. But the reality is it went wrong. And the percentage, it it went wrong only for that 20-minute stretch in that one half inning. Everything that could have went wrong went wrong for the Milwaukee Brewers. To that point, they had done everything correct. Everything. And then baseball, which is what makes it so much fun in a wild card one game situation, guys, the variance, the variance gods looked down and just pointed and boom, just like that. We've got a different outcome for about uh, 20 minutes of that game. Uh, And that's it, because the Milwaukee Brewers came out swinging. They dominated just about every facet of that game. Uh, heading into that eighth inning, guys, the the it's hysterical. Coming into that inning there, they the Nationals had four base runners the whole game. The whole damn game they had four base runners. They had Turner who hit a home run in the fourth, all right? That was it. Then they had Howie Kendrick and Victor Robles. They had a single each. And then Brian Dozer reached on a error. That was it. That was their base runners the entire damn game. And then the Brewers do everything right, push every right button Craig Council does. He gets Josh Hader to come in into the eighth inning. His closer asks him to get six outs, which he has done many times in the past. And Hader comes in, and the Nationals get four runners on against him in that inning alone. You had four runners the whole game. And then in that inning right there, They put four runners on base against one of the best closers in the game. That is what we say when we talk about wild card and anything can happen in a one-game situation. That's exactly what happened last night. But one of the statistics that you guys need to know heading in for the rest of the playoffs, including tonight, and we'll be on in-game live here tonight, so I'll reiterate this. The... The postseason, especially the wild card, is made for live betting, guys. This is an opportunity where you guys can get a bunch of middles playing baseball. Uh, and because because you're dealing with, you're not dealing with the Tigers, the Marlins, the Orioles. Uh, you are dealing with situations where late game heroics are a serious part of Major League Baseball in the playoffs when you get the cream of the crop getting ready to battle each other. It is, Yogi said, right, it's never over until it's over. Well, Major League Baseball in the postseason is made for live betting for that reason. Because good teams, great teams at this point, 
They'll take advantage of any window that is left open. You crack the door, they will run through it. No matter what happened in the entire game, you get to that seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, which is why bullpens are so important. But you get to that seventh, eighth, or ninth inning in the playoffs in October, and yes, great things will happen. Opportunities to profit will happen because you're not dealing with the Marlins, the the Orioles, the Tigers, and the list goes on. Last night going into that game, and this is something that you guys, and and maybe we'll go ahead and post this up here at the sportsgrid.com social media pages because you guys should have this list here. The teams that have the highest runs per game after the seventh inning, the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, you want to know where the Nationals ranked? Right at the top. Yep, the Nationals on hold this year ranked right at the top. The Atlanta Braves, the Dodgers, and the Nationals, they averaged the most runs all year long from the 7th to the ninth inning. 7th, 8th, and ninth. the Nationals averaged close to 1.75 runs per game from the 7th inning on. The uh, the Atlanta Braves, 1.8. The Dodgers right in between there. So the Dodgers, the Braves, and the Nationals, the three National League teams, by the way, um, they really dominate late in the games. They have all year long. So if you are watching this last night and you had this information and you realize you were hoping for that opportunity to come, that they were never really going to be out of it because of that stat. Because we knew that time and time again, we've seen them score runs late in games. And sure enough, when the chips were down, they had an opportunity. You had an opportunity as a sports better to go ahead and hop on the Nationals at a ridiculous price. The win probability for the Brewers was absurd. It was over 90% at that point in the game. You could have gotten the Washington Nationals at a ridiculous plus 185 plus two you could have gotten them at ridiculous numbers because they never really were out of the game due to the fact that yeah guys they've averaged about 1.8 runs from the seventh to ninth inning all year long they were not going to roll over there was always that possibility that they were going to go ahead and have an opportunity to come back and at the very least tie this game and possibly move on to win it after that so know that the brewers by the way Yeah, they ranked at the bottom of those runs per inning from seven through nine. So they weren't exactly the comeback kids all year. They didn't exactly uh, they didn't exactly dazzle, although they did score some runs, but they weren't compared to what the Nationals did all year long. So those are the kinds of things that you want to know going into tonight's game against the, the A's in Tampa Bay and moving on through the playoffs. Understand that's seventh, eighth and ninth inning understanding what these teams have in bullpens and what these teams have as far as the ability to score runs in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Important numbers to realize because that's how you can make a lot of money live betting in postseason baseball. More on that. We'll take a look at uh, tonight's matchup, give you the numbers behind that. Coming up here on the morning line, it is the Grid People Sports Grid.com.
Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at rotoexperts.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Dial of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the the play gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. (laughs) Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call him Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're saying right now? He's he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big copy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, the fun continues tonight in uh, in year eight of the wild card format for Major League Baseball. And in the previous 14 wild card games heading into last night, guys, the home team, well, they don't exactly dominate. Uh, six and eight uh, over the years, including two and five in the National League, which makes, of course, what the Washington Nationals did in the bottom of that eighth inning there last night even more unbelievable. Welcome in. It is the morning line on the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. If you went to bed last night, uh, you missed an unbelievable finish to the uh, National League wildcard spot there, a game that was dominated by the Milwaukee Brewers right up until, well, it wasn't in the bottom of the eighth inning. And that is when all the damage occurred. And it occurred with the Brewers' number one closer, the National League's top three closer and professional baseball's top five closer. Uh, Yeah, he came into the game and a very strange, and this is, again, where variance comes into play, betting on baseball, guys, which is what makes these wildcard games so hard to handicap pregame. They're made for live betting, but the whole idea of trying to figure out in a winner-take-all, laying... A lot of money out, like one minus 160, minus 165 for Washington. And really, what is a coin flip game is crazy. Uh, And it's a very unique situation that baseball has created over the last eight years with this wild card edition, this kind of winner take all, because most of these teams, anything can happen. You're going to have their two number ones going at each other. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have guys ready to go. Home field advantage has not exactly Uh, showed us over the last eight years that it is as dominant a factor as we think it is. So last night, the Nationals, who get dominated, only had four base runners the entire game up until the eighth inning, get up in the bottom of the eighth inning, and they're asked now to do something against a closer who, guys, again, the number is here. During the regular season, Josh Hader struck out 138 batters, and he only walked 20 people in close to 80 innings pitched. That's ridiculous. His strikeout rate was almost 50%. So he comes into this game as dominant as he is as a left-handed hitter, as a left-handed pitcher, and he comes in and could not throw a strike. In fact, the problem is, He hit a guy, and this is one of the big controversies that you are going to hear, and I know people are going to rip this poor kid, that uh, this 22-year-old rookie that had to come in there yesterday who was brought up uh, late in the game, uh, Trent Grisham. He made an error in the bottom of the eighth inning there that allowed three runs to score, including the go-ahead run there in the bottom of the eighth inning on a single because he allowed the ball to go under his glove. And I know this kid is going to get ripped, but it's not his fault that uh, that it's not the reason why they lost the game. They lost the game because their their number one closer, the guy they wanted and fought the entire game to get into at that particular point, could not throw the ball over the damn plate. It was so ridiculously uncharacteristic. He had zero command of any of his pitches. We saw this in warm-ups, by the way. You'll hear, uh, you'll hear a lot today about guys that watched him warming up. He could not throw the ball over the plate. In the warm-ups, 
There was something very strange about it right from the beginning. He fell behind Victor Robles 2-0 right to start off, right? He missed a lot of his pitches up in the zone. He eventually struck out Robles, but then he fell behind Michael Taylor 2-0, and then the count became full, and he continues to leave the ball up in the zone. He continues to throw, by the way, with an umpire who was calling nothing high yesterday, zero up in the zone there. And he eventually got a strikeout there, but you could tell something was going on. Ryan Zimmerman bloops a single to center field. He gets sawed off. He gets a bloop single to center field. And then that came on a 2-1 pitch. Again, haters throwing a lot of balls here in this. Um, Then he fell behind Anthony Rendon 3-0 with more pitches up in the zone. And eventually he walked Rendon. So now you got first and second with two outs. And then, you know, you had uh, he comes up there and hits a guy. He actually hit a guy. Uh, And the controversy about Michael Taylor's at bat is that the replay, they actually stopped the game to check out the replay here. It hit the barrel of the bat. Uh, It hit rather the knob of the bat at the bottom of the bat. It also happened to hit his hand. So theory would say there is no way when you have your hands on a bat, the bottom of the bat, if it hits that and then hits your hands, it's a foul tear. If it hits wood first, it doesn't matter that it eventually hits a part of your body. It's a foul ball. Well, according to the umpires, it hit his hand. But physics tells us it's impossible to hit somebody's hand if it hits the barrel of hits the bottom knob of the bat first. And, of course, I don't know anybody in their right mind that's ever going to try on, even on slow motion replay, it looks like it hits the bottom of the bat first. But you could also see it crush the guy's hands. They call it hit by pitch. They send him the first base. And the rest, they say, is history. But all of this happened because simply, now, if he ends up getting that guy out, if uh, if that guy's the third out, then who knows? We're having a different conversation about the Brewers here today. Uh, but it's not exactly why. The error wasn't why they lost. The hit batsman here wasn't necessarily why they lost. They lost because their closer could not close the game out. It falls strictly with uh, with our friend Josh Hader here, who had zero command of his pitchers in this game, coming into the spot that everybody had hoped He'd be in. Get him in the eighth inning. He'll even go out the ninth inning. Juan Soto's a left-handed batter. Guys, lefties this year batting 143 against Josh Hader. He's a lefty, too. They don't hit him. Like, they don't hit him. And Soto promptly rips one to right field, and the kid just let the ball go under his glove. And that's, you know, that's how it happens in baseball. So quickly, just like that, on the drop of a hat, Everything changed for the Milwaukee Brewers. They did get a base runner on in the uh, top of the ninth. Unfortunately, though, that was the end of it. They had opportunities during the game. They had plenty of base runners throughout the game. Scherzer was not sharp. Strasburg came into relief. He was sharp. He was good. He kept them in the game. He threw three scoreless innings, giving the Nationals an opportunity, keeping them in that game down 3-1. But ultimately... 
Nationals are moving on. The Brewers are going home. And they're going home in just what a tough offseason it's going to be. Not only for this kid, Trent Grisham, who's 21, 22 years old. The only reason he's on his team is because they lost Christian Yellick to a broken kneecap. Otherwise, this kid's not on the roster. And just hard for him. I, I He's going to... This kid is going to have a lot of sleepless nights coming up here, but uh, Josh Hader should have a lot of sleepless nights here because it's he's the reason that they are not advancing, that in fact it is the Nationals moving on to the National League Division Series, and uh, it is the postseason round. Here we go, taking on the L.A. Dodgers, who had to be watching that and go, hey, bring in Corbin, too. Go ahead. All three of your starters, why don't you burn them in this game? Because you have no bullpen. And that's exactly what happened here. Scherzer and Strasburg now got used in this game. So it's up to Patrick Corbin. He's going to pitch game one against the Dodgers this week. They don't have anybody else. So it's uh, it's interesting. And this is where depth of starting pitching comes into play. I don't know, as fun as the Nationals have been, and as big a... Uh, question mark is the bullpen is for the Dodgers. If the best shot you have is bringing starting pitchers into your game, I don't know what is going to happen when that bullpen has to come in. What is going? Are you really going to be able to beat a Dodgers team that is going to be able to bring hitter after hitter after hitter after hitter after hitter up there? And the only answer you have is that you've got to bring in another starting pitcher. It's going to be rough for the Washington Nationals. Uh, but it's also going to be a rough season for an off season for the Milwaukee Brewers who give them credit guys, uh, all the, uh, you know, that comeback, how they played at the end after adversity, congratulations. They did everything they needed to do through eight innings, eight and then eight, you know, right through the except score more runs, but they had everything set up exactly the way they wanted to in that game last night. And they could not get it closed with the right guy on the mound for him. So congratulations to the Nationals. And guess what, guys? We get to go round two here tonight as the A's take on the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, the Oakland A's are home. Currently, we're looking at odds somewhere around the Rays being plus 120, 125, somewhere in that ballpark. And the Oakland A's are about a 135 minus 140 favorite. At least that's what it opened up at. Again, the total, and this should also be uh, of note, the total was seven and a half in that Nationals game last night. It stayed under with the 4-3 final score. And we had told you yesterday, a lot of, lot of money coming in on the over. Not a lot of money. A lot of bets coming in on the over in that game. But the line never moved. The line never moved because the Sharps, the professionals, the big money bettors, they were hammering the under, keeping the books from raising it to eight. And as it turns out, the Sharps, the pros, were absolutely 100% correct in that as the final score was 4-3, to three, keeping it under that 7.5 number. But there were a few times yesterday, the discrepancy between the amount of bets versus the money, the monetary amount coming in, it was, it was ridiculous. I mean, you had uh, uh, most of those bets coming in last night were showing up on the over, but that never moved, that 7.5. That kind of stayed there all day and the same thing is happening right now in the a's and rays that that over is hanging true here at seven and a half we'll tell you the percentages 
Who's betting what? Where's the public going? Where are the pros going? We'll break it down for you as we get ready for the wild card, American League style, coming up tonight. We'll cover it next here on The Morning Line. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball. 
But he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, you gotta love it here on a Wednesday. It is October the 2nd, and what a way, what an epic way to start postseason baseball last night in a uh, unbelievable come-from-behind win by the Washington Nationals, who will advance now this week to take on the Dodgers in their five-game series. Patrick Corbin did not throw last night. Seems to be the only starter the Nationals uh, have that didn't throw, but uh, he will start, I am uh, fairly certain. He'll be going up against whoever it is the Dodgers at this point want to throw out there. But we are not done with wild card baseball tonight. Getting ready. We'll have you on in-game live here, too, as well on the grid, sportsgrid.com. And uh, we will have you all set up getting ready to dominate and profit from your in-game wagering in this game uh, like you did last night. If uh, If you guys were watching, if you guys had jumped in, stayed the course. With the Washington Nationals, it paid off handsomely. Uh, I know there was uh, a bad beat for those that absolutely took the the right, the contrarian play, the uh, the plus 160 to plus 165 on the Brewers. The value was there. Without a doubt, the value was there. Uh, Unfortunately, it didn't cash out. uh, But I think most of you would probably agree You'd take the bet again, Uh, you know, given that situation again uh, at that price, there was too much value on the Milwaukee Brewers to pass up. Now, I will say this. And a couple of bets that I made last night centered around this concept where I did think the under was going to be the right play. I did think uh, that the Brewers were going to be able to score a run early. We had told you here on the show yesterday, take the first run. Yes. Uh, And it was actually at a pretty good price because Scherzer's biggest issues here over the last two months have been teams getting to him early. Then he settles down, gets into a groove, and then it becomes very hard uh, to get to him. So the Brewers obviously got to him very quickly in the first and second inning. uh, So that was good. But the price yesterday, and this is also interesting, keep this in mind in, uh, in the playoffs, the price for the run line for the Brewers last night was they were getting a run and a half at minus 135, which is relatively cheap when you're talking about a a team that, a game that's a coin flip in these wild card situations, and you're going to spot me a run, and it's only going to cost me an extra 25 cents above what would normally be the usual 11-10 split anyway. There was a lot of value, not just on taking the plus 165 for the Brewers to win the game, but the other great thing about baseball is the way you can chop up your bets and the way you can you can do first five, you can do second half, you can do full game, you can do totals. There's a lot of different ways to be able to skin the cat here, guys. But there was a ton of value on that run line last night. Giving the Brewers a run and a half in a coin flip game at that kind of low price at minus 135. And this is, uh, this is a good opportunity for you guys to take a note moving forward. If you had any inclination that that game was going to be tight and that game was going to come down to final at bat, uh, that it wasn't going to be a 9-2 game or an 8-3 game, one of those situations, which most of these are not, 
Um, then, yeah, look at the run line in tonight, too, as well, in this Milwaukee, uh, not Milwaukee, they'll be actually on the golf course, on this Tampa Bay-Oakland game. Keep an eye on what the run line is. Now, tonight, you've got, Tampa Bay is going to be the away dog. Uh, Oakland is a favorite. We told you, plus 125. But keep an eye on the price of the uh, of the run line here. If you are going to give Tampa Bay a run and a half to start the game and you don't have to pay uh, a boatload of money, you don't have to overpay in order to be able to get that run and a half, it might be worth taking a look. As a matter of fact, as I'm... Uh, scouring here to see exactly what we have yeah so this is and again this is a good lesson too here gambling you right now the tampa bay rays plus 125 on the uh on the full game line right they're the dog charlie martin going they're the dog the favorite is the oakland athletics they are minus 135 so a lot closer discrepancy than what we had last night with washington being a minus you know, 170, 165, 160 favorite. Uh, and you had the Milwaukee Brewers at a plus 160, 165 underdog. But the run line for Tampa tonight, minus 175. Yeah, there's juiced to the max, guys. So if you wanted to get that extra run and a half tonight, as I'm seeing, there is no value with taking Tampa Bay on the run line. You're better off just going ahead and backing them on the full game and, and lay the uh, – uh, or get the plus 125 for the full game. But last night, the Milwaukee Brewers, that was only – you gave Milwaukee a run and a half to start at a minus 130, minus 135 price. There was a lot of value on that run line last night. Don't forget about the run lines, especially for the underdogs in the playoffs, guys. Uh, no value in this one here tonight. And also keep in mind, as I'm looking uh, also, I'm looking at the Cardinals and the Braves, who will happen on Thursday, the start of their series. The Cardinals on the underdog. If you want to give them a run and a half on the run line, that's minus 180. So there's some different combinations you can look at here. It's nice to have that run and a half in these types of situations, that cushion, because ultimately the run line provides you the opportunity of not only do you win if the underdog wins, but the underdog can lose, and you still win, just like Milwaukee did last night. If you had taken Milwaukee on the run line, guys, this is a great gambling you, by the way, because I don't think enough focus gets on run lines and the opportunities that it provides. You're always talking run lines from the perspective during the regular season of how teams are going to blow them out. Like Minnesota was great on the run line because Minnesota scored a million runs, a million home runs. They didn't really play in close games. So when they played teams like uh, the Orioles or the Detroit Tigers, uh, you would say, well, you don't want to lay the 2 or $3 as the full game line as the favorite. But you know what? The number was cut in half on the run line. So, you know, we'll spot them a run and a half. We're still going to win by four or five runs. So that's how a lot of people looked at the run line during the regular season. In the postseason, where these teams are a hell of a lot closer, which is why I was shocked to see the Milwaukee run line where it was at yesterday, um, yeah, there's some value because it gives you another layer, another opportunity to be able to profit. If this is a close game tonight and Tampa or Oakland comes back in the late innings like Washington does and wins this game by a run, 
Well, if you're on the run line, it doesn't make a difference. If Tampa didn't win, they didn't have to win. They just didn't have to lose by more than two runs. And if Tampa wins outright, so do you. So it gives an extra layer here of betting that sometimes we spend so much time focusing on the money line or the first five or the totals. And that run line opportunity, it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Don't forget throughout the entire playoffs, these are going to be, now some of these games could get out of control, obviously, because of the firepower, certainly in the American League with Minnesota and the Yankees. There could be uh, certainly some multiple run wins by some teams here coming up. But the National League, starting pitching is great. Bullpens are good. Tonight, there are no two better bullpens going at each other than Tampa Bay and Oakland right now. These two bullpens are phenomenal. These two, It's a money line game. I, it, it is a money, a money ball game, rather. The two teams best at playing money ball are going to do battle tonight. They have two of the best bullpens. They've got some good hitting lineups coming up here tonight. This should be a close game, which means if you like the dog, there might be a bet or two that's available over there to uh, to take that plus one and a half with Tampa Bay. And not just Tampa, the dogs throughout the playoffs. If you think teams are evenly matched, you like the matchups moving forward, don't forget about the run line, guys. You have an opportunity. Now, everything is price-related. We tell you, you are not betting on teams. You are betting numbers. The run line has to provide some value there uh, for you to be able to back it on either side, whether you go in the favorite or the dog. But don't forget about it. Last night, perfect example of how you could profit with a bet, and the team didn't win. You took the underdog, didn't win, you still won. So, but the price has to be worth it. You're betting numbers, not teams. But in Major League Baseball playoffs, don't forget about the run lines, okay? Take advantage of the numbers. Take advantage of the opportunity if it is there. The total in this game tonight, seven and a half. And I can tell you this right now, looking at the discrepancies or looking at the ticket count along with the number count, the amount of money right now, there is no clear public side. There is no clear... Uh, professional side, so to speak. Um, They're evenly matched, guys. We're about 50-50 across the board, whether it be the A's are going to win, the money is about 50-50, the percentage of tickets as of right now is about 50-50 across a lot of books. So the market is telling us that we've got two teams with almost identical records, identical styles of teams as far as the bullpens and the way the the coaches manage, uh, the way the managers manage, rather, when these are two teams, nobody has used the bullpen starter better than these two teams. And so I can tell you right now that the market, it's about 50-50 across the board. So there's no real clear indicator that one side or the other is taking anything. The public doesn't know which way to go, I think, with the total, but the professional bettors seem to have taken a side. It opened up at eight, but it has been down to seven and a five, uh, seven and a half now, and it looks to be staying there. And but the the ticket number is not the same. So this is a very evenly bet game right now. That might change a little bit later today, which is why it's important to monitor the markets, guys. Understand that sports betting, 
is a market. It's it's like any other market, anything on Wall Street, futures market. You're buying soybeans. You're buying the Tampa Bay Rays. It is a market. And if you can read the market, then you might be able to forecast a little bit better, get the better number, buy low, sell high, guys, right? It, it's all the same. Although we try to get focused so much on the teams, the truth is to be a profitable sports investor, you've got to read the market. It is a market. And right now, the market is telling us no real clear indicator here as far as the public. And the reason we want to identify the public, guys, why? Is because fading the public, essentially taking the side of the books, has been pretty profitable over the years, a pretty profitable betting strategy to fade the public because the public tends to bet with their hearts and not their head. So you're going to get, you know, public will bet favorites all day long and big name players and pitchers. And yeah, that leaves the door of opportunity open for, you know, somebody to step in and go, all right, public's going left, I'm going right. So that's been a profitable betting strategy. But in this game, you got to be able to identify who the who the public loves and who do the professional love. Well, I can tell you the line moving down from eight to seven and a half is the only indicator that I see of professional money so far, because even even the money line on both of these teams, it's about even. So there's no real no big money coming in, no big push one way or the other on either of these teams, which means it's going to be a great opportunity to profit live tonight, in-game live here on the network. Make sure you join us beginning at 8 p.m. Don't go anywhere, though. We'll help you make it rain. We'll figure out a side. We'll figure out a way to profit. We'll do it. We'll make it rain. Coming up next year, sportsgrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. 
I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call him Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after 3 0. We never win a chicken dinner, homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I overslept. Look, I need your help. Here's what you missed on the morning line. Go! Last night going into that game. And this is something that you guys, and, and maybe we'll go ahead and post this up here at the sportsgrid.com uh, social media pages because you guys should have this list here. The teams that have the highest runs per game after the seventh inning, the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. You want to know where the Nationals ranked? Right at the top. Yep, the Nationals on hold this year ranked right at the top. The Atlanta Braves, the Dodgers, and the Nationals. They averaged the most runs all year long from the 7th to the ninth inning. 7th, 8th, and ninth. the Nationals averaged close to 1.75 runs per game from the 7th inning on. The, uh, the Atlanta Braves, 1.8. The Dodgers right in between there. So the Dodgers, the Braves, and the Nationals, the three National League teams, by the way, um, they really dominate. Late in the games. They have all year long. So if you are watching this last night and you had this information and you realized you were hoping for that opportunity to come, that they were never really going to be out of it because of that stat. Because we knew that time and time again, we've seen them score runs late in games. And sure enough, when the chips were down, they had an opportunity. You had an opportunity as a sports better to go ahead and hop on the Nationals at a ridiculous price. The win probability for the Brewers was absurd. It was over 90% at that point in the game. You could have gotten the Washington Nationals at a ridiculous plus 185 
plus two. You could have gotten them at ridiculous numbers because they never really were out of the game due to the fact that, yeah, guys, they've averaged about 1.8 runs from the seventh to ninth inning all year long. They were not going to roll over. There was always that possibility that they were going to go ahead and have an opportunity to come back and at the very least tie this game and possibly move on to win it after that. So know that the Brewers, by the way, yeah, they ranked at the bottom of those runs per inning from seven through nine. So they weren't exactly the comeback kids all year. They didn't exactly uh, they didn't exactly dazzle, although they did score some runs, but they weren't compared to what the Nationals did all year long. So those are the kinds of things that you want to know going into tonight's game against the, the A's in Tampa Bay and moving on through the playoffs. Understand that seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, understanding what these teams have in bullpens and what these teams have as far as the ability to score runs in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Important numbers to realize because that's how you can make a lot of money live betting in postseason. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102 if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to the Dow of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.